Monday Night Raw podcast on the shadows. It's Blake doing the damn thing. WWE. Uh, what was it? Bakersfield, California last night. Monday Night Raw. Man, show opened up with a wild brawl between Rusev Orton and King Corbin. And then Lashley pops up on the Tron, and he's uh, in Rusev's road, and apparently, bro, his robe, and apparently in his bedroom. Now I'm gonna go ahead and stop the uh, stop the rest of that right there, because as I said last week. What goes on between Rusev and Lana and apparently now Bobby Lashley uh, is none of my business. So, with that, Natty, Lacey Evans, last woman standing match. Um, <laughs> the story there was kind of funny. You got uh, Natty and... Well, Natty getting knocked out to the count of nine the entire match and then picking up the victory uh, by, uh, you know, what was a power bomb through the table all the way up to the top of the ramp. There's some brutal-looking shots from Lacey Evans, a little turnaround, uh, spin slam into the barricade outside from the ring apron. So that was kind of cool. It was one of the good moves during the match. Um, like, low weapon stuff. Oh, <laughs> my favorite moment with that match was when uh, Lacey literally threw the trash can at Natty. It just, like, just the impact and the speed of it all, like, just, it was wild. And it was actually trash in that, like, oh my goodness, that's so not right. But, uh, Lacey knowing that she was going to lose to the Queen of Hearts, she totally made that match something. Uh, we've heard it from a couple of different spaces. You know, Natty and Lacey. Uh, Lacey's been improving. You know, like there's no other way around it. You're gonna get be see directly past the uh, the critiques. But yeah, uh, Nat, Natty and Lacey have been working well together. It just goes to show how well of a, a pupil Lacey can be, and how well of a teacher Natty can be. So. Uh, very good stuff. I mean, for the most part, I enjoyed the match. It was a good way to open up the show. Didn't really get to see too, too much, like, you know, technical mat-based wrestling. But it was, you know, last woman standing. Natty slotted down the cool little uh, half-pipe ramp is what people are calling it. So it's like, wow. Um, very good. You know, it was a great way to just make, uh, you know, just highlight the new stage and such like that. So that was cool. Either way, go open the match. Because they closed the uh, chapter with that. And hopefully they can move on to some, you know, some new rivalries. See what else they got. Try out what you practiced. Um, next match, we got the Viking Raiders taking on uh, Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. Non-title. We already know how this works. You go, uh, they pick up a win. They could be positioned for a tag team championship spot. I mean, they've been on a three-win streak. They're taking on the tag champs now. And, I mean, it was a good match. Bobby Roode took a, a little bit of the, you know, the, took a couple of the moves early on. But 
eventually the match did start to like get good because it you know it went for a little while and I mean it, it was a it was a good tag team match I, you know just with the tag division in general I know how I feel about it I'm, I enjoyed you know seeing both teams really go at it you can see the fatigue set in with the way the uh I believe it was Eric but the way he threw up uh Ziggy toward Ivar for uh the finishing maneuver he didn't have you know too much uh mustard on that one but it was because they were in a longer match and I mean it's a good way just to show you know the conditioning factor of you know being a WWE superstar I guess like it wasn't a bad match it was it was pretty all right so um with that Viking experience Viking Raiders pardon me they uh pick up the victory so next week they're gonna be uh taking on Rude and Ziggler for the tag team championships what I can uh what I can say is they have their little screaming into the camera and all the rest of that it's good stuff you know it really gives their character you know a little bit more depth as you know Vikings and you know, I want to say crazed, you know, but they definitely have a, a certain energy to them, so I can appreciate that. Um, yeah, so good tag match. We'll see how this uh, tag team championship match goes next week. Are we really about to pass this to the Viking experience? I mean, well, excuse me, the Viking Raiders, or are we going to continue to try to solidify Rudy Ziggler? Because it's like the only thing kind of keeping them tied, in my opinion like the tag team championships like yeah they made a great team but i mean as far as you know just team storyline goes like are we really just gonna have z go and try to tag up with cats at random like in a way pulling them from somewhat obscurity or uh, a lower part of the card or you know backstage in general and then say hey i see some spark in you let's <laughs> let's become tag champions together i don't i don't know so, I mean, I don't want to predict who's going to win or anything like that. You never know what's going to happen on WWE TV. But uh, I would go for Rude and Ziggler still being tag champs just to have it solidified. Because once the Viking Raiders win, I mean, they could take on some other teams, be fairly dominant. But maybe, um, I don't know. Like, you know, we had a little AOP segment. Maybe we'll get into it later, but I'll definitely get into some of it now. Um... They just doing the backstage chatty thing for now. That's fine. It's, um, you know, they move, they have that prize fighter energy. And I'm not mad at, you know, this being not ripped, but this, you know, this type of, you know, superstar or this type of superstar package being, you know, promoted with these two. They have, you know, the look, they're strong, they're dangerous. You know, they they don't they don't play games in the ring. We know that the only reason why we didn't see them anymore is because one of them had an unfortunate injury. But they looking good now. Quick beat up backstage last week, and then um, wait, pardon me. Hey, back to the backstage. Uh, you know, just you know, promotion, you no know, backstage vignette this week. I mean, it's good stuff. Alice the Black. Uh, we want to throw him in there too, you know that. So it's like that Alistair has that energy. AOP has somewhat of that energy. I'm not saying we need a six-man tag on that. I'm just saying, you know, it's it's a, it's all right, you know. So I'm not mad at it. I think this it's all coming together well when they do come back to the ring because we've already been fairly familiarized 
with the AOP, we know that they're going to be a dominant force. The tag team division is really shaping up, but we got some big guys, especially with the draft upcoming. I think, I think we might get to see some tag teams. You know, really, uh, we'll, we'll just see how the the execs at USA and Fox uh, feel about uh, certain tag teams uh, leading into the draft this Friday on Friday Night SmackDown. Um, so yeah. Good stuff to the Viking Raiders. Let's see how this uh, plays out. Yeah, speaking of my man, Alistair Black, uh, he took on the Bollywood boys, the Singh brothers. Um, a lot of 205 Live references made, but no real 205 Live promotion. I'm gonna just, we're gonna just see how it plays out. You know, we got the Bollywood boys on Raw. I think they were kind of implying that now they are on Raw mainly. So, you know, hey, (laughs) we'll we'll see. We'll see. Either way, Alice the Black was backstage, definitely trying to get into some static with some superstars, but said, well, he was backstage once. I think we cut the commercial, did something else. Then came back to him, and he's, you know, more so in the gear. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead to the ring and see who wants it. But once we get the the Bollywood boys, we're already there. Cut their cool little promo. It was okay. You know, getting the crowd warmed up. These guys definitely, uh, I, they have an opportunity outside of just, you know, running around as the henchman for gender. Shouts to gender, you know, whenever, you know, he comes back. But uh, that, you know, this... It's sounding uh, like 24-7 uh, crew when he gets back. But we'll see how he decides to get booked. Maybe he'll be back with the Singh brothers and they could go on another run, depending on how, you know, the WWE Universe would respond to it. But whatever. Either way, Alistair Black out there. I actually think Alistair Black and Jinder could be a cool little match. And then maybe not a squash match, but definitely one of those. Like, see how Jinder sells that black mask? Because, oh, man. Alistair Black had a... They, they, well, Bollywood Boys was trying to get a little bit of offense on him. He randomly got the kick. Kick so fast, the cameraman missed it for a split second. But because WWE got a million of those, then that replay was excellent. And the submission the whole day he used was extremely innovative for WWE television. And, oh, man, did it look very effective. So, in time, we're all sure that Alistair Black is going to be... Uh, very, very, very interesting character to follow. Uh, OC is in the ring next. Six-man tag. AJ Anderson Gallows taking on the Lucha House Party. Actually a good match. I don't really dislike six-man tags. I don't have a problem with them. I mean, sometimes if they're over... Let's say it like this. They can be overdone. But, I mean, compared to the days that they were overdone, nowadays, in the more modern era, we aren't really getting them too much. I watch the product differently, understanding some of the concept of TV time. So, you know, it, it, it at least one match... Maybe the 24-7 segment, but and and the main event segment, obviously. You know, you want to try to get as many superstars out there as possible. 
You know what I mean? Let them all get the opportunity. Maybe there'll be a glimmer, you know, of something that'll say, hey, you know what? Maybe you just bubble to the top. You know, I'm always trying to pay attention to see, you know, who who has like a hungrier strike or who who's who's you know who's selling this move a little bit better than you know we've seen it sold before. You know, like that's what I'm paying attention to. So sometimes with the six man tags, the eight man tags, oh my goodness, the ten man tags with pulls. It's a whole lot of beef in the ring, Mr. McMahon. Uh you know, we know, well, I think that they're just trying to fit in as many superstars as possible. But because the WWE Universe is always so polarized by, you know, these multi-man tag team matches, you know, the, the guys at the office are really trying to, you know, appeal or appease, you know, certain, you know, complaints, you know, that the WWE Universe does have. Either way... Uh, Lucha House Party, good stuff. They, they it was a good competitive match. It had a fair amount of time, just based on you know how it works the uh, the OCs. Shouts to you, King. But um, the they, they haven't really had a couple of wins. Looking at uh, AJ picking up the victory last night, uh, literally said to me, "Okay, well, uh, looks like he's picking up the victories for that team, but." In regular tag team action, that's just not happening at all, you know. So, I mean, it looks good. It has him look strong enough as United States champion still until, you know, someone else decides to go into a rivalry with him or it's decided on who's next to go into a rivalry with him. But, uh, you know, it it was okay. It was a good six-man tag. I enjoyed it. It was high-paced. It was uh, heavy shots. Lucha House Party did not just go in there. They weren't made to be a joke, you know. Like, they, they were serious. Like, Kalisto had some hungry strikes along with Grand Metal League and Lince Dorado. So, I mean, they, 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 they hard workers, man. That's really all we could call it. And I guess that that's what that's what I would call it, you know. Like, they're they not just going in there enjoying the time in the ring and phoning it in, you know. So, them going in there with the OC and... You know, OC picking up the victory. I think everybody, you know, got a good look from that. Because right now, the Lucha House Party aren't really, like, positioned as, like, you know, winners, winners. But they are totally a team that can go. And when they do pick up a victory, it is, uh, it, it, it kind of means something. But we'll see how that continues to develop uh, with both teams as, uh, as the draft it approaches. All right, Miz TV happened with uh, Charlotte and Becky. Charlotte and Becky were going to be taking on uh, the Kabuki Warriors uh, later on. Just, uh, you know, what, I guess champion versus champion, but it's the women's version. So it's like the champion, uh, what do they call it, the showcase. And I mean, you know, the draft coming up, see who's going where and how that works. So we'll... Uh, well, we—I I thought I—I I thought it was a good match, but the Miz TV segment was also good. You know, right now Miz is just, you know, doing what he's doing. You know, as far as you know, just the Miz TVs and stuff like that, having, you know, cool ho—I mean, cool guests and such like it, it moves storylines forward. So, um, yeah, Charlotte and uh, Becky had their back and forths, and. Uh, you want to say Becky won because even though Charlotte has had plentiful title reigns, Becky 
has had meaningful title reigns. And, I mean, that was a good line. But these two have totally been at the top of the women's division for a while now. So to watch them, you know, go back and forth in storyline about who's, you know, who's better. Like, man, look, it was a real Ryu and Ken feel with those two, just like uh, Apollo Crews and Ricochet, apparently. Because that was the idea that they were pushing. Took me a little moment to really gather that. But, I mean, it wasn't too long of a match. But at the same time, it was, you know, a a very friendly spar or competition. And you can see Becky and Charlotte, you know, trading words in their form of friendly competition. Because we already know what these two women can do together in the ring from both angles. Whether it be one-on-one or in a tag team. So, speaking of the tag team, they definitely had their uh, matchup with the Kabuki Warriors. And, look, man. Kyrie small, sir. Hits don't look like they hurt as much. But Oscar's strong. And I was totally just so with them talking that Japanese talk. Just all of the, you can see the anger. Let's not make jokes about it. You know what I mean? But maybe some subtitles. I don't know. I don't know. Even if the even if the subtitles are fake, <laughs> I'm not sure. But it could be very comical. I don't know. It might might be might be something. We're gonna try to see how else you know WWE universe is gonna take to that. But I mean, have whatever reason you want to have for why they're being promoted the way they're being promoted now. I think it gives a lot of depth to the women's tag team division, and it it's totally exciting to see both of them in the ring. Oscar picks up the victory for the team with the green mist on Becky, and the one, two, three, and Charlotte comes in for the beatdown uh, post-match. But as Oscar and Kyrie are uh, getting the upper hand, out comes Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. So they're role fighting. And um, I forget who's standing tall. I think Bliss and Cross were standing tall off that. And uh, Becky and Charlotte were just there looking like that. Eh. But it was still, um, it was good stuff. Bliss and Cross clearly went the tag team champ, with the women's tag team championships back. But I don't know if I should call them women's tag team championships the way Charlotte came at Miz and Miz TV. Like, why does it have to be women's? Well, because it says women's on the championship, man. With all due respect, <laughs> we love you, Charizard. But no, it was um, it was uh, fairly comical enough that uh, you know this was what the game was with all of them, and I think right now the tag women's tag team division is is getting there, man. Like we could call it a wrap on them, but we we seeing the ladies scrap for it, so might just uh, might just see some great things take place. Right, so Ricochet and Apollo Crews went at it. These guys are prospective uh, draft picks, along with guys like Drake Maverick and such like that. And I mean, I feel like these guys are going to be the WWE.com announcements. (laughs) Personally, shouts to the Street Profits for calling them out. But, um, I mean, really? Mm. But, hey. It was, you know, kind of funny that WWE chose them. Like, I kind of chuckled about it to myself. But, um, 
either way, we have, uh, what was it? It was a good match between the two. They weren't, you know, they weren't all, they weren't bad at all. You know, both athletic, both know exactly what they're doing. They're both uh, close, so there's a story there, you know, and we might be able to, uh, oh, please pardon me. Might be able to get some uh, good stuff from them in the future, depending on whether or not they get drafted to the same brand. That was the story there. I wasn't against. I thought it was pretty cool that they uh, had that, you know, just, you know, just just throwing that in there and trying to keep everybody aware of the draft, like the way they're promoting it. It seems like it's going to be a good one. And after that presentation on Friday Night Smackdown on Fox last weekend... Man, man, all close to the weekend, however you want to call it. Man, 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 I'm definitely uh, definitely intrigued to see how the draft is promoted, see who's going to be, you know, making the picks. Who's representing Raw? Who's representing SmackDown? I mean, it, it definitely is a question of who's representing Raw. But, shoot, y'all know I don't be trying to make no predictions, but let's say Shano represent SmackDown unless he was what like actually terminated says the match oh my god pardon me looking at some uh, nasties on the road you gonna have to wait bro oh I can see we gots to go bro pardon so now Ricochet picks up the victory with a recoil match didn't go too long it was alright and then we get into uh the main event segment with Braun Strowman and the heavyweight, under well, world heavyweight, lineal champion of the world, uh, Tyson Fury. Look, man, the man really needs no accolade. I mean, he needs no introduction. We've all heard of him. I'm, I'm not crazy, crazy in the boxing, but just following some of the heavyweight stuff, he's been one of the guys to you know, really, you know, pop out, and doing this as long as he's doing it, and being undefeated, look, man, that's, that's exactly what everybody likes to see, you know, it's a great draw, and, um, it's gonna be cool to see how he and, uh, Ron Strowman are able to mix it up when they do, because it was a whole pull-apart brawl. Braun Strowman backstage after a lot, a little bit of the fight was, uh, you could see the intensity in his eyes, man. It was good stuff from Braun. I think it's great to have him, uh, I think it's great to have him, you know, in the ring and, uh, you know, in this position now, being a representative for WWE as they're taking on, you know, other, you know, forms of sports or combat sports, you know, like it's, it's just good to see. It's a great opportunity for Braun, in my opinion. I know he knows that, you know, you're taking on a champion of the world. Like, we're not going to sit here and, you know, be upset about uh, any of, you know, how WWE is, you know, further expanding the product and just showing the reach. Like, just how many, you know, awesome connections they can make, you know. Like, they're bridging the gap. They can, make, they can bring new fans to boxing and sports entertainment with something like this, you know, Braun is seeming like a modern day Big Show, but honestly, I think that is great, like, Big Show, uh, and this is no disrespect at all, you know what I mean, but he started a little late, you know, once, uh, 
him and Floyd was in the ring, and that was when we started seeing the evolution, at least for myself, started really seeing the evolution of Big Show, you know, he was really in the gym, he was taking that serious, and that knockout punch became a part of his repertoire, so, you know, now Braun is, you know, here, it's a new era, he is, we all know what Braun Strowman is, you know, we all know how strong he is, and you can see him how how much he's grown. He's become leaner since he's debuted on the main roster back with the Wyatt family, you know, and he was even something else back then. And then just to be able to see what he's capable of from an athletic standpoint, it's like, wow, man. So Fury might have his hands full. You could tell, though, in ring with the, you know, with the pull apart, they weren't really trying to, you know, hurt each other or anything like that. So I could appreciate you know, just the, you know, the the story of the tensions bubbling over with two heavyweights. You know, it was good stuff. I enjoyed it. Then uh, Strowman ran back out to the ring. Whole fight happens and it's still chaos and more chaos happens as Raw goes off the air. And that was Monday Night Raw. So I thought it was a fun show. It went by, you know, good enough for me. Flow by. I wasn't upset about you know, the outcomes and, you know, the new developments and such like that. It was kind of just one of those shows where we was, you know, getting through it, leading into uh, the draft on SmackDown. Now, here's what I will definitely say. Survivor Series is coming. Uh, Brand supremacy is a thing. And this is going to be the official first only night of the year where two brands are going at it because... It's, you know, and the wild card rule still around. Like, always love to remember the wild card rule. But no, no, no. Now you were saying Fox is going at it. We got two teams. You know what I mean? And we want to see something great. I got great feelings for it. So either way, with this draft, with the promotion of SmackDown, literally just overshadowing, excuse me, overshadowing Raw. Man, how does Raw respond after part one of the WWE 2019 draft? I'm excited to uh, see who goes where. And um, I will catch you guys uh, then to talk about, you know, who's on SmackDown now. Who's going to have the stronger brand? Where will everyone else go? Where did it be tag teams broken up like the Lucha House Party? Where is the New Day? Kofi, are you okay? Are you okay, Kofi? Biggie and Woods, are y'all still running for tag gold? Or are they going to still be together? Uh, what's going on with the Usos? Where's Naomi? Is she going to show up? We only got a couple hours to pack into all of this. How is this going to work? When the hell is WWE backstage again on FS1? Sometime, I think, the week afterward. But either way. All of these questions, I'm sure WWE is going to answer and more come Friday. Shouts to NXT. Go tune in to that on Wednesday. And uh, just tell us people to take some notes or the alternatives. But either way, um, shouts to me. Bring you the podcast each week. Thank you. Uh, be responsible with your power, folks. I will catch you guys next time. Peace.